Welcome to this episode of the We Travel There podcast. We're in Antigua, Guatemala with my new friend Katrina Julia of fitlifecreation.com. She's a global traveler that loves to experience new cities and far off places. Katrina spent some time in Antigua during Holy Week and loves the history, the colors, and the people of the town. In this episode, Katrina and I talk about hiking the Cerro de la Cruz, visiting El Agua Volcano, and sampling chocolate at Chaco Museo. You'll hear about these three amazing experiences, plus so much more. The show notes will be available at wetravelthere.com forward slash Antigua. Now let's get started. The We Travel There podcast helps you travel like a local by interviewing guests from around the world to uncover the hidden gems of their city by finding out the best things to do, eat, drink, and see from a local's point of view. Using airline miles and hotel points makes travel affordable, but keeping track of all those loyalty programs can be a challenge. That's why I use AwardWall to track my miles and points balances, reservations, and special goodies like free hotel night certificates and airline companion passes. Having everything in one easy-to-use dashboard helps ensure that I don't lose any rewards and makes logging into my accounts super easy. Go to wetravelthere.com forward slash award wallet to start your free account. Hey, Christina, welcome to the show. Hi, Lee. Super excited to be here and super excited to be back, actually. It's really awesome that we're having you on for a couple of different episodes because you are an awesome traveler traveling all over the world and you have just just an insane amount of knowledge on all these different cities. So it's wonderful to have you on. And today we're talking about Antigua, Guatemala. And we've had a couple episodes on Guatemala. And so it's awesome to be able to kind of fill in the map and, and see all these different cities and different experiences within the same country. No, absolutely. And to your point, super grateful and super blessed. My own mind is blown every single day. And Guatemala was is one of those countries that absolutely surprised me. And Antigua is such a beautiful, colorful, colonial city. And I was able to actually be there during Holy Week as well. So yes, lots and lots and lots to share on Antigua. Oh, fantastic. So what was your connection to Antigua? Like, how did you end up going there? So funny story. Well, there's lots of funny stories always, but specifically with Antigua, Guatemala wasn't even on my radar. Like when I left the States for about two plus years, the end of 2020, I initially knew I was going to Costa Rica. That was booked for my second visit ever to Costa Rica. And then originally I planned to go to Nicaragua. But as I was marinating, you know, thinking, praying, all the things as far as should I go to Nicaragua now with things that were happening within the country as well as with the pandemic in March of 2021, I opted to wait. And then I started diving into Guatemala. And the more I researched Guatemala and saw, you know, just the culture, the influences from the indigenous, the aspects of Antigua, the historical implications from, you know, the Spanish into also then, of course, Lake Atitlan. So I ended up spending, so then I pivoted, which many of us are familiar <laughs> with that word from last year, probably some of us, you know, stickingly so. And so I pivoted and the airfare with Valeris, hashtag not sponsored, was very reasonable. And I ended up finding a beautiful colonial home in Antigua. And actually, I wasn't even aware that I was timing my visit for Holy Week until like a couple days before and did plan it to go to Lake Atitlan about two weeks in. So in any event, I spend 
two weeks in Antigua itself. So yes, lots of things, whether whether you want to, we want to talk about city walks, the experiences of Holy Week, which normally, you know, not being during a pandemic, are right on the verge of pandemic, would have taken months, if not years, to get a space, you know, or even be able to stay in the city during that time. Nature experiences, foodie favorites. I mean, so many different things with Antigua. And for me, it's also the colors. Not only is the city, you know, such a beautiful colonial town, you know, whether you're walking in the midst of it, whether you're looking at it from up above, like one of my favorite viewpoints is Cerro de la Cruz, or whether you're you know, buying their typical Mayan clothes. I ended up buying our Mayan influenced you know, apparel. I ended up buying a super green shirt with floral on it and like a matching bell and shorts and also like some typical Mayan pants that I saw like lots of, you know, women on the streets wear. And just, again, it's such a walkable city that almost like no matter where you stay in the city, you can either, you know, walk to your heart's content. It's one of those cities that you can get lost in. It's I felt completely safe. You know, there's police all around. And they told me that's normal regardless of Holy Week or not. Um, yes, it's just an amazing city. That's fantastic. Okay, so let's let's take a step back for a second. So for the people that aren't really familiar with Guatemala, where is it? Uh, it's pretty much uh, right there in, South, in Central America, right? Yes. But what, what countries does it border and where kind of is it? Great, great question. So Guatemala is part of, in essence, what is or was once called like the Central American Federation. And it borders and it also shares different aspects like with visas with El Salvador, with Nicaragua, and with Honduras. And, you know, it being like I was in Costa Rica at the time. And so when I was looking at all the places, you know, to go and what's around and just several different things had me landing on Guatemala. And several different bloggers and people that I had seen that had been, you know, in Guatemala. So, yes. Okay. So, like you mentioned you flew into Guatemala City to, to get there. And then from Guatemala City, how do you get to Antigua? It's actually the Uber, as of when I went in March of 2021, Uber fully accessible, no issues whatsoever. I took Uber directly from the airport to Antigua, to my Airbnb, and it was right at about $25 for about a two-hour drive. Okay. Yeah, that's not bad at all. I mean, uh, you try to take a two-hour drive in Uber in the U.S., and uh, you're going to have to mortgage your house. Yes, potentially, <laughs> yes. And depending on traffic and depending on surge time, it may obviously affect your rate versus, you know, we didn't have any traffic. It was smooth sailing. And, you know, the roads, great condition, no issues at all getting into Antigua. And I had a great Uber driver, actually, Yoel. He helped me a couple more times after that. So, Oh, that's awesome. Awesome. Okay. So, okay. Now you're in Antigua. As far as like getting around, uh, is there rental cars? Do you, do you just walk? Like, how do you get around? So actually I was, I had a, you know, my questionnaire and then some of my things up for reference and just playing back in my mind, you know, my time in Antigua. So from my Airbnb and pretty much anywhere you stay in the city, as long as you are, you know, in great condition and relatively great condition, you can easily walk around the city. I walked 99% of the time. I took a 
Uber one time. And that was only because I needed to get to the laundry place and um, a lunch meeting lunch I had with, you know, someone else from our colonial home and Airbnb ran a little bit longer. So it was the only reason. And then I also took they have tuk-tuks all around which are the small little, like they originated in Thailand, but they migrated over to Central America. And in Guatemala, they call them tuk-tuks. And uh, here in Honduras, they call them moto taxis, but they're little, small, like tiny, typically three to four or five, depending on the size of the person, fit inside of them. And they're really, really inexpensive. They're super noisy though, and super bumpy, depending on what road you're going on. <laughs> uh, just be forewarned. And they're completely open air, but uh, they do, you know, you wear the mask and they do have sanitizer and whatnot. And they are typically cheaper than Uber, definitely cheaper than a taxi, depending on what city. And I took one time when I went up to Cerro de la Cruz kind of later in the day because I wanted to have um, the ride up there and the ride back. But that's it. Other than that, my entire two weeks in Antigua, you know, whether I walked to La Merced, whether I went to Cerro de la Cruz again, you know, whether I walked to Central Park and actually making my own chocolate. We can talk about that. Oh, nice. Also to uh, the Central Street Markets, also to, you know, souvenir shopping. And then there was, oh, the, the far, I also visited a farm, Caoba Farms, which was super cool during my time in Antigua. Well, fantastic. I, yeah, I can't wait to kind of dive into all that. But first, like, let's talk about, I know that you, you're flown in Spanish, right? But for those of us that aren't, would it be difficult getting around if you don't really know much Spanish? Not at all. That's a great question. Pretty much, you know, the Airbnb host that I stayed with, even though she's Guatemalan, she spoke fluent English. You know, that wasn't even something I, well, I messaged her in English. So then I knew um, and I saw her background and pretty much a lot of the hosts that I saw. And even when you go into town, whether it's, you know, a souvenir shop or whether you go, like I went to Hotel Casa Santo Domingo for like a mini spa day, the farm, like you always see people that speak English. And even on some of my experiences. I went, for example, with an Airbnb guest that he was visiting, I think from like Wisconsin, and he was taking Spanish classes, but he was not fluent in Spanish. And he was a little bit hesitant to use it sometimes. Like I noticed, you know, he, it was no issue at all. And then even other places where I observed, you know, other tourists or other people, there was no issues at all that they're used to, you know, especially like Holy Week, usually they have over 2 million people descend on the city, which of course, a lot of them are locals and from Guatemala. But a lot of times, you know, and normally, you know, a good percentage of that 2 million is from all around the world and which predominantly speak English. Okay. And then, uh, same thing with, obviously I, I travel with credit cards. I'm all about the miles and points and everything, but, uh, for like when we're there, obviously if it's a smaller town, cash is probably a really good idea. Do we need to transfer or exchange a lot of money into the local currency or, or is credit cards accepted or us dollars accepted? For the most part, I'm thinking um, the local currency in Guatemala is Quetzales, is what it's called. And in Antigua, for the most part, I was able to use card, you know, as far as like food places, the chocolate place, the spa place. I'm just thinking in my brain, of course, the Central Street Market or souvenir shopping. Some of those places, depending on what you're buying, you do want to have cash or use cash as negotiating power. However, they do have cards. I mean, they do take cards. They do have card machines. So for the most part, unless you're buying like fruit, you know, from like a fruit vendor or a veggie vendor, you know, they're not going to take cards, you know, because you're not buying 10, 20, $50 worth of souvenirs or whatever you're buying. You're spending like a dollar on a, you know, bunch of bananas, literally. 
Okay, sure. <laughs> but yeah, so it's a good idea to have some cash, but not overwhelmingly. Like it's, I, I'm thinking back to recently I was in the Osa Peninsula in Costa Rica. Like I already knew going in that in Drake Bay there was no ATM. And I knew, okay, I need to pay for my snorkeling tour, you know, so it's not one of those places. It's definitely more developed. They've definitely experienced, you know, tourism for years, if not decades because of Holy Week. And it just also being such a beautiful colonial town that in that sense, you know, when I was there, I even saw a Nat Geo truck when I passed by. Yeah. So yes. And that was even in the middle of a pandemic. That was in March. You know, I took a picture and I tagged them on my Instagram stories and I was like, yes, I will be working with Nat Geo Travel at some time. This is a sign. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. That's awesome. So I know that you're a big fan of like the, the local experiences with Airbnbs and those types of things, but for listeners that maybe feel a little bit more comfortable with like brand names that they understand and, and that they're knowing, they know well uh, from like America, are there some of the, the major brands like Marriott or Hilton or Hyatt or any of those types there? I didn't see any. Honestly, I walked the streets and I maybe there's some you're asking that question now. Maybe there is. But honestly, I didn't see any. And even when I did research in advance, let me just Google just out of my own curiosity, because I was going to mention another hotel, but not a brand name. No, I'm just looking Antigua, Guatemala hotels. Yeah, no. Even when you Google Antigua Hotel, that's actually the hotel I was going to recommend to you is the very first one that comes up on Google. So it's funny because I went there for the day. Okay, cool. Because <laughs> I do remember Googling in advance. Yeah, the first, the top four, none of them are brands. Um, so the one I was going to recommend is Hotel Casa Santo, Santo Domingo. And it's actually a museum. It has a spa. It um, also has a you know restaurant. So it's a museum, a restaurant, spa, a sauna, jacuzzi, like full end. And it's more of what you would expect. Like it definitely has the same kind of feel, the same kind of rating, but it is very colonial. It also has beautiful ruins that are intertwined within the entire hotel experience. And I spent about a half day there on a spa day pass. Oh, nice. Yeah, I think it's one of those things that, although we may feel more comfortable with some of those bigger brand names, sometimes you're going to save a lot more money if you're buying, if you're booking a room with something that's a little bit more of a boutique or, or a local place instead of like that big chain. The colonial place I stayed at, I stayed at a colonial Airbnb that was actually a huge family colonial home. I was actually about, it was a huge two-story home and then it had a huge courtyard and the way that the family divided it, and this is actually really common in a lot of the boutique hotels in Central America, that the courtyard portion that was wrapped around, you know, the courtyard that's in the center. So it has outdoor, tons of outdoor space. They had four different rooms that they rented. Oh, wow. Okay. All right. Uh, let's talk a little bit about, uh, like you were there only there for a few weeks, but, um, you know, being in Central America, I'm sure the weather is pretty constant throughout the year, right? Yes and no. Antigua is actually a lot cooler than what you would think is your typical Central America. So for example, we talked, you know, a couple of days ago on Tulum, Tulum is hot, humid, et cetera. Antigua is not that. Antigua actually is, I would say, averages or kind of teeters on about 70 to 80 degrees every single day. And even when I looked, for example, Lake Atitlan, because I was curious, because I noticed like I would get colder sometimes, their temperature average is right about 60 degrees year round. So it's definitely different than your, you know, what you may expect typical Central America or beach, because also keep in mind, you're in the middle of mountains, you're in the middle of volcanoes, and you're in the middle of a lot of like green space and land, and also the elevation. So that impacts the climate a lot in Antigua. And then same goes for Lake Atitlan, because you also have 
you know, kind of just branching into a couple different areas in, in Guatemala, that you also are surrounded by mountains and volcanoes that impacts, you know, the climate all around. I mean, don't get me wrong, you know, sometimes it would get warmer, but then in the evenings and at night, I definitely needed a blanket and, you know, there was no need for AC at all, all day long. No, that's awesome. Yeah, it's one of those things. I I love wearing shorts wherever I go, but you know you want to make bring like a light jacket or something like that with you to to make sure you're you're, you're good in the evenings. For sure. You kind of alluded to a little bit earlier some of the places that you visited while you're there in Antigua. Let's talk about them a little bit more in depth. So, like the uh, Cerro de la Cruz, the Hill of the Cross. Can you talk a little bit about that? Sure. So actually, um, Cerro de la Cruz is one of the best viewpoints for you to see all the cities. It was set up in the 1930s and it gives you views of Antigua's colonial city. You can also see El Agua Volcano uh, right directly in front of it. And I ended up going several times. And depending on when you visit, definitely ask a local or pay attention because I noticed if I went early in the day or even for sunrise, the views were much clearer than if I went later in the day where it got much more cloudy and it wasn't as clear. Like that's a must when you're in Antigua. Another must for sure, which I'm sure you've heard of and many have heard of, the Santa Catalina Arch. Yeah, no, I saw some pictures of that. It looks really beautiful. So uh, what is the what is the arch? I, I saw a little bit of a story about like something referencing nuns. Yes, yes. So it's actually also in the center of a city and it has a, it's a huge yellow arch. So literally that's what it sounds like. But And likely you, even if you don't put it like in your GPS or anything, you'll run into it. But it has historical significance as it was originally connected to the Santa Catalina convent to a school, which allowed the nuns to pass from one building to another without going on the street, which apparently culturally and also traditionally, they did not want the nuns to be seen. Oh wow! Okay, yeah, it's it's so interesting, like hearing like some of these backstories and and how the the world has kind of evolved over the last couple hundred years, you know. So, all right, uh, let's see. I was hearing something that that there's a UNESCO heritage site. Is it the the city or is it a specific site that's actually the, the that has that UNESCO de- designation? No, it's it's Antigua. It's Antigua as a it's a UNESCO World Heritage Center. It was a center for the exportation of the religious images and statues to the rest of the American continent and Spain during the 17th and 18th century. And I had a feeling because if any of you that haven't been to Antigua yet, it's amazing. And also some of the backstory is is that it's actually built 1,500 meters above sea level and it was largely destroyed by an earthquake in 1773. So Although a lot of the city is preserved as ruins, you still see remnants of the impacts of the earthquake and other earthquakes as well. Oh, wow. Like um, I saw something about the the San Francisco church. I guess that was destroyed. And then have they rebuilt that? Well, it parts of it was destroyed in the back, like the ruins. Okay. Because I walked through like the ruins and parts of it you can tell are, you know, in remnant are in remnants or partially still up, partially not up. And then parts of it they did modify and or rebuild depending on what it was or, may, you know, perhaps built after. But it's beautiful like to go and visit, especially the ruins in the back. Like when I went to go visit, it literally was only me the entire time. Wow. What a cool experience just to be able to kind of explore by yourself without like bumping into tourists trying to take pictures and everything like that. So. Yes, especially during Holy Week. It was actually, it was, I just looked back, it was built um, in the 16th century and severely damaged in 1717. 
And it is one of the most visited churches in Antigua because of the Spanish Baroque architecture. And it's a shrine of Santo or the Saint, Hermano Pedro, as well. Oh, nice. Now, one of the things that I think that it's part of the overall experience there is kind of going to local markets and everything like that. I think there's like the, the Central Street Market that's there. There's a Central Market, yes. And there's a Central Park that has different markets on certain days. And then, of course, me being there during Holy Week, you know, starting on that Thursday, it was Thursday, Friday, and then depending on, you know, what times and days. And then, yes, Central Market, you can find, you know, anything from fruits and vegetables to, you know, beautiful handwoven items to, you know, whether it's clothing, whether it's children's items, whether it's embroidered pens, paintings, absolutely amazing. Sounds like a great place to go. We only have a couple more minutes. and I, I don't want to miss out on talking about the amazing food that, that I'm sure you had while you were there. Let's talk about a couple of places that you that you went to and, and what you experienced there. Absolutely. And the first place I want to talk about when it comes to food is the Chocolate Museum. You have to visit the Chocolate Museum that's literally across the street from the, the Central Park. And they have an awesome cafe in the back where you can have Mayan cacao that they mix with spices. And they're currently, I don't know if this is going to stay, but currently they do the food demo with the chocolate for free. And then you are able to make your own piece of chocolate with whatever. Like for me, it was 100% dark chocolate with peanuts and um, cinnamon and some other toppings. Like that was one of my favorite experiences. And actually the cacao, they have you mix it with like four different things with honey, water, and then the spice. And then Caobo Farms was amazing. I had some avocado toast there and smoothie uh, chia bowl, which was great. And then I went to a place that was actually brand new called Soy Chileto, but they are actually the owners of a coffee place that's right next to La Merced Church called Cafe Te that's been around for like 10 or 20 years that likely you'll see on TripAdvisor. Also, I'd be amiss, you know, without talking about, of course, you know, street food that you can try in different ways and different things, you know, that they have depending on what's available. And then also one of my favorite places to, you can see both the views of the city as well as enjoy ceviche. I love ceviche is Los Tres Tiempos, which is really close to the center and to La Merced Church as well. Oh, wow. That's a... Uh... I'm not bring stretchy pants. So there's like so many different good things to eat. Actually, you'd be amazed, Lee, because keep in mind, I don't like I don't, you know, like we talked about, I don't drink and I don't eat sweets and I was still good. And keep in mind, you walk so much. That also helps. Oh, the owners of Soy Chilero, it's Jenny is her name. And they're also the owners of Cafe Cafe Restaurant, which is right next or right across from La Merced Church. Nice. Right. And then you were mentioning like the street food. Like I think that's one of like the most authentic things you can do whenever you're traveling is like eat some of the street food. Was there certain like uh, dishes that you had that were just like really like that really stood out? I'm thinking back to all my like times in Guatemala. One of the things I would say is, well, first of all, be mindful of observe like what they're doing and be mindful um, of that just because not only, you know, in general, even before the pandemic, but also with the pandemic. And one of the, my favorite things that I had was in Guatemala that I remember I had like the first or second day was chilmol. It's uh, tomatoes mixed with onion, mixed with cilantro. It starts with a P. I can't think of the name. Picadillo? No, no, no. Pico de gallo? Pico de gallo. Thank you. Because I, I just had pico, picadillo in Costa Rica, so that was stuck in my head. So pico de gallo. So it's kind of like pico de gallo, but it's mushed and it's served warm. 
It's if you like tomatoes and onions and cilantro, you'll love it. That's one thing. And then another is, you know, probably some of this is going to be familiar, like your, you know, tostadas or another thing that Guatemala is known for is pepian, which is a traditional stew. And it's also served with veggies, rice and or different types of meat or chicken, depending on, you know, who makes it and how they make it. Also enchiladas, and I'm thinking back what else like I would get sometimes, banana bread served on the street wrapped up for a dollar. Um, <laughs> so just different things that, you know, you wouldn't necessarily think that are super common. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, uh, I love those carbs. I'm all about the carbs with the b- banana bread, you know, so <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's why I got the dad like, bod. Yes, I would the- be having the banana bread. There is a lady in Lake Atitland that she knew to come look for me because she knew I was usually getting the banana bread because I used, because I asked her like, okay, how is she making it, et cetera. And I knew it was like a great post-workout meal as far as along with, you know, a shake, et cetera. But also depending, the one thing I want to mention is depending on the region where you're at in Guatemala, some of the food is also different. You know, like for example, when I was in Guatemala City, chuchitos, which are basically tamales. And so depending on the region, always ask, because the same thing I always ask where I am. It's like, what's common? What should I try? No, I hear you. Like I'm all about pepperoni pizza. And if you ask for pepperoni pizza in Italy, they actually, it's like literally peppers on the pizza. And so, yeah. uh, so yeah. you're in for a big surprise. You asked for the wrong thing. So. <laughs> exactly. Oh, and I didn't even mention this, but this is pretty important. When I went, I didn't do like the volcano hikes or other, you know, things or the overnight hike, which is pretty typical in what a lot of adventurous people do in Antigua. And that's something I would normally do, but I wanted to just really immerse myself in the city and not be so, okay, I have to do an adventure. Like it's already an adventure being here. Well, Katrina, I really appreciate you sharing all these amazing tips for Antigua. I I learned a lot and it sounds like such a beautiful place to visit. And so I'm definitely adding another pin on my map of uh, places I need to go. But now it's time for the final countdown. If somebody only had time for one meal when they visit Antigua, where should they go and what should they eat? I would say Caoba Farms because it's super fresh. And even if you do a meal that was different than mine or you don't go for breakfast, like you go for lunch or later on, It's super fresh, authentic, and there's so many options no matter what your lifestyle, you know, preferences and choices are. Oh, that's awesome. Right on. Okay, so you were there for a couple weeks, and I'm sure you you created some some great memories while you were there, especially during Holy, Holy Week. What was your most memorable? I would say, I mean, actually, there's so many, and you know this from traveling. It's so hard to, like, pinpoint one thing. But honestly, I would say it was, you know, being there on... Thursday into then Friday and even though you know they didn't have your typical procession they had like the alfombras or the amazing rugs Lee that are actually done from you know sawdust and tinted and colored sawdust you know the alfombras the beautiful rugs that they call that it's like a beautiful privilege and tradition for the families that get to actually make them they're such works of art so even to walk around you know the center on thursday and friday and to see that and to be part of that knowing that that's gone on for you know hundreds of years and decades and you know being in that space and that energy and that spirit of also people still being there from all around the world even though of course it was a lot less 
is definitely a beautiful, beautiful thing. And also like one of the things for me that's amazing is interacting with the locals when I'm buying, you know, a souvenir or buying different things. And you can imagine also speaking Spanish also creates a different kind of energy and actually being able to speak to them and, you know, relate to them and, you know, like a friend instead of being so sometimes you know, sometimes the language barrier can be difficult in those situations. Well, no, I definitely think that when you start speaking in the local language as much as you can, like the barriers come down and then they you become, next thing you know, you're your friends instead of just like a transaction. Although you were there for Holy Week, I mean, some of the listeners may not have followed the same religion. They may not be religious at all or whatever their beliefs are. Even if you don't have those beliefs or even if you don't follow that religion, I think just going and being there for those, those type of events it's just like a magical experience and just kind of seeing the, the pageantry of it all and like the belief of it and everything else like that. I think it's just, it's a wonderful experience, even if you don't follow the same religion or you don't have religion at all in your life. And to your point, like I'm not religiously, like I'm very spiritual and I do believe in God, but you know, and that's, that's a whole nother conversation. But to your point, even being in, you know, seeing the art artistry, seeing, you know, the kindness of people and, you know, even that it was in a difficult time and how the city and the country still pulled together. And to your point, many people come that don't believe because they do want to see it and they do want to experience, you know, the tradition and the culture. So no, absolutely. I'm super grateful that you brought that up. For sure. For sure. Well, well speaking of uh, good memories and good times with, with friends and everything, where's the happiest happy hour in Antigua? So, uh, as you know, uh, my happy, happy hour is different maybe than some years. But <laughs> with that being said, I would still recommend Los Tres Tiempos, which is the place I went for, you know, the ceviche and the Jamaica juice, which is another typical Central American juice they make from a flower um, that I had, you know, virgin, no alcohol. But they have, you know, I saw on their menu. They have great drinks on there and they um, do on their reviews, they do highlight that from a lot of travelers around the world. And for those of you listening, like no judgment, I stopped drinking six years ago. I have plenty of happy, happy, happy hours. <laughs> <laughs> right on, right on. Uh, I'm not ready to give up yet. So uh, I, will, I will definitely take the alcohol version. But uh, whenever I travel, I always check out the local pizza. Was there a good place for pepperoni pizza in Antigua? I didn't end up having any pizza, but the place that I would recommend that came up over and over and over on Google, on Facebook is 7A Norte Pizzeria in Antigua. And they do have a terrace and a bar and they do have amazing views of St. Augustine's church from 1657. Oh, wow. That's, that's amazing. I, I saw that when I was looking and doing a little research and the pictures of their, of their pizza, although that was a pepperoni. But <laughs> but the other pizzas that they had looked absolutely gorgeous. I mean, I eat them, but they look gorgeous. And then to your point, what you said earlier, some of their pizza is compared more to like a tart or something else. So depending on what type of pizza you're looking for, it may not be, you know, it may be your favorite or it may not be the place that you choose. Oh, sure, sure. Well, Katrina, I know that you travel tons and like right now you're not even in Antigua. Now you're in Honduras and I'm sure you're going to another country very soon. <laughs> What's your best travel tip? So my best travel tip, but I'm adding a new tip from the last episode because I want to keep it fresh, is plan some, but be open to your plans changing. And for me, I know we talked about this a little bit last time, you know, with a, a lot of things being unknown and how I've changed over the last couple months. But even like right now, it's September 30th as of this recording. 
And I literally have a place right now. I'm here today. I'm leaving tomorrow to go to a different part of Honduras. And then the next place, I only as of the second have booked until October 3rd, which for me is completely nutsly. Like I'm the <laughs> one, especially with luggage, especially with different things. You know, I shared last time I stayed in Tulum three months. And so for me not to have a place booked or for me not to have a collaboration or a paid stay, you know, with media and marketing and different things confirmed is crazy. Having that plan, but then being fluid and then realizing like sometimes things do get planned out well in advance, but sometimes things are super last minute and that still can be perfect or the most beautiful thing ever. I totally agree about, you know, having a little bit of plans, but also just being flexible because what you may have thought would have been a great experience could actually be not as good as something else that presents itself while you're on that trip. So speaking of all that, I know that you travel a lot. Can you tell the audience a little bit about who you are, what you do, and if they have questions about Antigua or about anything else that, that you have on your plate, what's the best way for to reach you on social media? Absolutely. So I am a multi-passionate entrepreneur, athlete, educator, creator, and CEO of an all-in-one lifestyle brand, Fit Life Creation. I love creating a life business and community I love and helping you, hashtag create it too. And you can find me at fitlifecreation.com backslash creator or pretty much Katrina Julia Fit on Instagram and all channels as well. Well, fantastic. We'll include links to all that in the show notes and we look forward to seeing you when we travel there. Thank you so much, Lee. So I love being on. What an awesome conversation with Katrina. Guatemala sounds like such a wonderful place to visit. You can find all the links we talked about today at wetravelthere.com forward slash Antigua. We want to say thank you to AwardWall for being today's affiliate partner. It's my favorite way to track airline miles, hotel points, and other loyalty programs. Go to wetravelthere.com forward slash AwardWall to start your free account today. Join us next time as we visit Washington, D.C. to speak with my new friend, Mike Farrako of yourtravelmentors.com. In this episode, Mike and I talk about plane spotting at Gravelly Point Park, dining on Embassy Row, and exploring Teddy Roosevelt Island on the Potomac. We hope you join us when we travel there. If you've enjoyed this podcast episode, please share it with your friends and tell them what you like most. Make sure you follow us on your favorite podcast app, that way you don't miss any of our upcoming destinations. 